Hello and welcome to the latest episode of Ocean State Sidelines. I'm Brandon McGear, sports writer with the Pawtucket Times from Soccer Goal. Pleased to be joined by my usual co-pilot. Even though his life has changed substantially, he's still writing though. He still doesn't have to do the day-to-day grind, which is great for him in the long run. Will Gagan, we're going to officially name Will the sports editor emeritus of the Independent. Will, welcome back. And uh, if you before we delve into the Wonderful world around high school football. Just uh, catch everyone up about uh, your decision you made and uh, your, how you're still uh, got your foot in the door in terms of writing. Yeah, uh, th- thanks, Brendan. Good to be with you as always. Yep. So I, uh, after nine years, stepped away as sports editor at the Independent. I have uh, two young daughters, uh, so decided to become a, a stay-at-home dad and a part-time sports writer. So still covering stuff for uh, for the Independent, for for you and your friend Brandon Mello at the Pawtucket Times when Socket Call, uh, and for the Providence Journal. So you will you will see me out at football games. Uh, it's been a good change so far, only a couple weeks in, uh, but glad to still be able to to cover some sports and glad to still be able to talk football. And probably the best part of all, Will, no more deadlines. <laughs> no more deadlines. No more no more Wednesday production days. Uh, I don't. I don't quite know what to do with myself. I still wake up Wednesday morning thinking, "All right, time to time to get to work." But uh, different kind of work these days. Different kind of work, but you are still on the sidelines. Um, I guess so. We'll start out with uh, maybe we'll just talk about some of the teams we've seen through the first couple of weeks. Um, Will you saw East Providence uh, take on St. Rayfield, defending uh, Division Two champion last week, and man, that was maybe one of the more surprising scores of the. Uh, First weekend of league play, East Providence shuts out St. Rayfield. You know, just um, how impressive were the Townies? And I say this because they're facing Cumberland Thursday night, six o'clock at Tucker Field. Yeah, they they were good. I mean, St. Ray's is obviously not the team that won the D two title last year. You lose Moses Muse and Ethan McCann Carter, and it's uh, it's not going to be the same kind of team. They're young. They have plenty of talent though, and I think will be you know certainly could be in contention to be a playoff team in D two. East Providence was impressive. They're very big. They're old. They have a lot of seniors, big senior class that's sort of been around, kind of brought the program back up a little bit. Uh, they, you know, they may not have like the the game breaking type talent, but uh, they haven't they have enough to to definitely be competitive. And their their size is really tough. Big big front line uh, on the offensive line, and their defense was really good, um, forcing turnovers. Just really like not even not even bending much and definitely not breaking so they were good they impressed me i would uh put them pretty high on the d2 ranks so far yeah they're going to be taking on a cumberland team uh like we said 6 p.m thursday night at tucker field uh cumberland's dealing with some injuries of their own evan spencer the quarterback andy ray the uh, star running back uh both were injured in their not leader against somerset berkeley we'll see if they both play um from what i've heard the injuries aren't season ending which is good but you know you you want to go into a game like uh Gil- and Satani's on full throttle and uh we we shall see but uh one these products Cumberland game one of four Thursday games on the docket tomorrow that's why we're recording this podcast on Wednesday night and uh Will there's no getting around it the referee shortage has created even more of a uh jam in the sense that teams have to bump off Friday night, which, you know, nobody wants to do. There's a lot of pomp and pageantry into playing on Thursday night, but it's a necessity 
And what I've been told, there are only 13 crews available to cover games throughout the entire state. And that means not everybody's going to be able to play on Friday night. You do have your traditional teams that do play on Saturday. But in this world of uh, where we talk about referee shortages, there's no choice that some teams are going to have to play on Thursday, whether you're a Division II team like East Providence or Cumberland or a Division III team like Tollgate, uh, North Smithfield, Mount St. Charles, and even Division One. Bishop Hendrickson, they're going to be going to Portsmouth for a non-leaguer on Thursday night. Everyone's in the same boat in this. Yeah, we're. I mean, there's a couple of years now where, you know, it started out as being seen like maybe just a temporary thing. But, you know, they haven't had like a big influx of officials, clearly, because we're still here. It's a little weird. Um, I think it, to some extent, it kind of takes away from other sports a little bit. who might have like big games on Thursday and. You know, fans are going to go to football, um, so that that hurts. Um, it's definitely it's definitely a little bit odd, uh, but you know, line up and play when you can, and uh, you know, make it happen. Yeah, I guess that's the one thing. And one thing I, I actually uh, wrote a column about the good, the bad, the ugly per- pertaining to this injury fund. Uh, I mean, uh, injury fund. This uh, referee crisis, if you want to call it that, and. You know, one thing that maybe gets over overlooked is that East Province and Cumberland played last Friday. They got they lose one day of prep coming back playing on Thursday night. Now it's not like the pros or college football where that's everyone's exclusively devoted to football twenty four seven, and you know maybe you can mask the fact that you have one shorter day because you know it's it's football all the time. We're talking about high school coaches who have full time jobs and. You know, student athletes who you know they hit the books, and also some of them have part time jobs that. You know, football teams, they try to cram as much as they can within the four-day window to get ready for games. Now you take one day away, and as one coach told me this past week, it's almost like your Monday became both your Monday and your Tuesday where you're trying to really squeeze everything in. Yeah, and, and that, that's a great point. And you also, it's it's one less day of rest. Uh, you know, you have, a, you have a big game Friday night, get, get a little banged up. You know, usually you're talking about taking Saturday off and you know, maybe maybe something light, if anything, on Sunday. Now you gotta you gotta push everything up, uh, and you gotta be back out there. It's definitely not easy, definitely an adjustment for these teams. Well, like we said, there's four games on Thursday night. And, you know, the, the traditional busy slate on a Friday. Um Chris needs to South Kingstown. Well, I saw South Kingstown last week uh, take on Winsocket and it was all SK. They won twenty-four to six. You know, one player I was very impressed with uh, for uh, SK was the senior uh, Bombo, the running back. You know, just, you know, not a lot of seniors on this SK team this year, but, you know, somebody like him who I wouldn't want to tackle him uh, during the fourth quarter. And that proved to be the case when he had a scored on a fourth and goal there in the fourth quarter to uh, put them up. I should say Boma. That's his uh, correct name. But uh, it's uh, it's a it's a young SK team this year. Yeah, kind of crazy. You don't you don't see a whole lot of football teams with two seniors. So they have they have two seniors. Um, it's uh, you know it's a group that has has looked pretty good. Like they beat Narragansett, they had the win over Winsocket, and that was that was a big game. Sort of a, two teams that have similar styles. Um, but yeah, they've been impressive so far this season. They're really running the ball well, which is what they always do. Their offensive line is not huge, but they're making it work. Good technique. And like you said, Amani Boma is, is I think, one of the best players in the division. And what's interesting about him is he was uh, really more of a pass catcher the last few years and running the ball a little bit. But he's just been, you know, taking handoffs, taking pitches, jet sweeps and all that good stuff. And uh, 
been carrying the ball a lot and and doing really well with it. I believe that South Kingstown has not completed a pass yet this season. They, did, is... they didn't complete either pass they attempted. They, yeah. they brought the back to pass twice. Right. Inside yeah. Complete either one. Yeah. They, you know, for a few years there, they were throwing the ball around, uh, breaking in a new quarterback this year. So they don't necessarily have the the personnel and they're, they're leaning on the running game. They're leaning into what they're good at and uh, making it work. And uh, on the flip side, when Saka taking on Shea, you know, battle of 0-1 teams in Division uh, 2, I feel like, you know, I know it's it's kind of like the old uh, Yogi Berra expression. It's getting late early here. You know, it's uh, you don't want to go in an 0-2 hole. And it, you will you definitely remember last year when there was probably like in that Division 2 subdivision, like how many, four teams that finished 3-3. Three and three, And yeah. SK was one of them that didn't make the playoffs. So, if you can, you it's it's best to get uh, you know those wins now. And for Winsocket and Shea, it, it, I'm not going to say it feels like an elimination game for either one, but to go 0 and 2, which somebody will after this game, it's going to be a, a very steep climb to kind of get back to 500. Yeah, yeah, you got to get three wins to be in the mix, and even with three, like that tiebreaker last year, you might not be in. So you're you're really looking at four to guarantee yourself a spot. So you go to 0 and 2. All of a sudden, you've got a you've got a win out or close to it. I don't remember exactly how many games they play, but uh, in that range. Um, another game that kind of jumps out: Westerly at Barrington, six fifteen on Friday. Kind of a what a contrast of styles here. Westerly they have a lot of touchdown through two games. Barrington, Alex McClellan, the senior quarterback, that's all he does is score to find the end zone. Yeah, Barrington has has been really impressive. McClellan putting up great numbers. Uh, you know, just the fact that Barrington, uh, you know, with, with Sandy Gorham, that's, that's the, the uh, kind of a legendary running game uh, that, that he's had at East Providence. And then again at Barrington, but they're throwing it all around a little bit based on personnel. And then Westerly's just been so impressive these last few years. It, it just seems like it just keeps rolling along no matter, no matter the personnel. We don't have a lot of division one true games in this state, and we, but we do have one tomorrow night, defending state champ LaSalle. They finally get to play a league game, taking on Central at Conley Stadium. And, uh, you know, we'll, we'll see where LaSalle is at. Uh, you know, they've uh, traveled out of state against a couple teams and, you know, taking on a Central team. I'm sure they're going to be uh, getting up and trying to show that, uh, you know, that they definitely belong there with the state's elite. Yeah, I'll be curious to see how LaSalle – really shapes up this year they lost a lot of guys from last year like um, you know James L. Lasseter a um, couple other really standout guys from that championship team so uh it's it's going to be some new guys stepping up they have plenty of talent obviously um you know uh Campbell is a, is really good at linebacker and running back uh but this this will be a good good uh you know showcase for them to see where they are and, and a great chance for Central to kind of open some eyes early on in the season also, we have Charahoe taking on Coventry. Charahoe, they were shut out at home, 40 to nothing last week against Tolman. Coventry, they've been putting up points in an impressive clip. St. Rayfield, we'll see if they can bounce back at Cranston West. Classical at Lincoln, that's a game that Will will be at. And uh, Classical, I thought they pulled off maybe one of the early stunners of the season last week against Middletown. We thought maybe it was going to be Moses Brown and Middletown on that side of the Division Three bracket, but uh, – the Purple, they announced uh, that they are uh, could be a, a force to be reckoned with this year, taking on a Lincoln team that 142 to nothing against uh, North Smithfield. Five different players found the end zone for the Lions. So that's uh, 
that's uh, one of the, another one of those defense taking on the offense uh, kind of clashes. Yeah, absolutely. They've they've been really good, and uh, I mean, such a strong running game up there. Uh, be interested to see um, what happens in that game with Classel coming off the big win, like you said. You know, Moses Brown, Miles Craddock, uh, he, what, he had 350 yards on the ground last week uh, in a thrashing of, Na- of Narragansett. Like to see what he does for an encore as the Quakers mm-hmm. go on the road against Rogers. Ponagansett travels to Johnston, and then you have a couple of Division Four games, Central Falls, BVP, taking on another co-op in uh, Exeter West Greenwich slash Prout, and then also have Situate heading to North Providence. Uh, North Providence has looked good early on in this uh Division four slate, and then you shift to Saturday. Mount Pleasant against Bur- against Burville, the uh, Broncos. They had a nice bounce back win against Cranston West last week. You know, after uh, falling at home to Barrington, Tiverton heading to Hope. That's a noon game. Tolman at Middletown. Uh, we'll see what the uh, Islanders see if they can bounce back. Uh, taking on the Tigers, who are on the road for the second straight week. Smithfield taking on Juanita Sanchez PCD, and then the. Week closes out with East Grange taking on North Kingstown in a non-leaguer. Yeah, and I'll, I'll be at that one for the Independent on Saturday. Um, NK coming off the loss to Hendrickson. It was another tight one. They just, you know, they always play really good games with Hendrickson. And NK was super impressive the week before against Portsmouth, just uh, picking up where they left off. A lot of new faces, a new quarterback, uh, new running backs, a bunch of sophomores out there for NK. But uh, the beat goes on. They'll they'll be one of the top teams in the state again. Yeah, EG. Uh, they've uh, kind of they've yet to uh, find the end zone in either one of their games so far. So tough water going against uh, one of the power four teams in the state. But uh, that's why they play the games. And good to be back with Will once again. We'll uh, be back next week with a fresh episode of Ocean State Sidelines. And until then, take care, everyone, and thanks for listening. All right, let's see, how do I shift it?